You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. Here are your hosts, Eddie Acapinti and Greg Viscomi. If you follow Monmouth University, if you follow intercollegiate athletics, if you follow the news cycle, you know the big news of the week. And this past Tuesday, Monmouth, in conjunction with the Colonial Athletic Association, announcing that on July 1st, 2022, Monmouth will officially be joining the CAA in all sports. Welcome to Hawk Talk, everyone. Greg Viscomi, Eddie Acapinti here with you. Greg, you and I have been here a long time. You and I have been here through some big news and some big announcements. They don't get bigger than this. Yeah, I got. I have to agree. I was just thinking about it last night, you know, after we had had the announcement and everything that we were doing today uh, with the press conference and all the other stuff that, that had gone on around the department and... Um, this is the biggest thing we've done. I mean, this is this is huge. And it was big when we joined the MAC, and it was big when we joined the Big South. And, you know, things, you know, obviously Jeff Stapleton's hiring and all that other stuff, but this is this is significant. I was doing the same thing, right? And, and we kind of have the same mind, so we were doing it. And I thought of those, and I thought of, you know, we unveiled new logos. We... Huh? put games on ESPN for the first time. <laughs> and we've done some kind of crazy wacky thing. And the we is the athletics department. It, it's not Correct. Greg or Not I. me and you. But when you think about something like this, all of those things that you just mentioned is the culmination of that is this invitation because of what it represents, not just to Monmouth Athletics, but what it represents to Monmouth University. I, I can remember being on the road with football 2007 and going up and playing Maine and being like, wow, like this is a CAA team. that." And we had, I guess two weeks later that year, we had played Joe Flacco in Delaware. I think that was the year they either went, I think they went to the national championship game. And just being like, you know, we were in the CAA, and we were, or excuse me, we were in the NEC and we were a good NEC football team. Maybe in 06 we were, it was 07, we weren't, had a lot of rebuilding, a lot of young pieces. Uh, but just just being like, we are so far away. You know, guys were overachieving. We lost to Maine by like seven, but a good group of players. And But I just felt like, man, like even Alphonse Stadium, which is just like 16,000 seats and it's big. I'm like, like, we felt like we were playing up and, and now we're there. And, and there is no playing up in the FCS anymore. For, for Monmouth and I'm just taking football and it's obviously it's a move for every for every sport with the exception of bowling who uh, I just want to shout out real fast is, is doing a great job in their own right in the MEAC they just beat two ranked teams last weekend so shout out to coach Greigel and, and her squad uh, but but the other 23 sports are in this league now that has just really impressive facilities impressive programs i mean three national championships uh when i was doing the research for for our press conference today and for some of the other stuff it's just like you know women's lacrosse had four teams uh three at-large teams last year in the ncaa tournament now they're getting stony brook who's the number like four or five team in the country it's just like every program is going to be elevated and our coaches deserve it our alums deserve it our student athletes that are here deserve it and the school deserves it our guest today is shows you how important this announcement is. We will be joined by Monmouth University President Dr. Patrick F. Leahy. He is our guest and has been a busy man. 
obviously not only helping facilitate this move, but also today speaking at the event, speaking you know on ESPN with us, coming to do this podcast. So we have to thank him for his availability and his time, but you nailed it. What this signifies, and, and the president goes into great detail about it, mm-hmm. for the athletics program, for the university, for alums, for future students, it, it is in every way, shape, and form a game-changing announcement for Monmouth University, mm-hmm. not just Monmouth athletics. And whether it's football, basketball, the spring sports, the fall sports, it represents a big step up for Monmouth University and one that the department and the school is ready to make. Yeah, I mean, and, and the president will talk about getting into other markets. But now just think about the reach of Monmouth University and every time we're going to end up playing all these teams from, you know, Maine and football, you know, all the way down to, to Southern Virginia or the East Coast of Virginia and, and into North Carolina with Elon. And so I, I think that it's just it is a huge thing for the university as a whole. Uh, I, I also think that... Are, you know, people are, are, are going to have to temper expectations a little bit. Uh, our teams are really good, and our student athletes are going to try really hard. But it is a step up. And just like when, you know, uh, we jumped to the Big South in football, there was a couple years where we had to kind of get our feet wet. And now I think we playing in the Big South prepared us much more for playing uh, in the CAA than, you know, with the jump from the NEC to independent to Big South. But there is going to be some growing pains here. But, you know, we talk about it with the president, and you'll, you'll hear coming up, but uh, we did really well against the CAA and non-conference stuff this year in, in the fall so far and in the, in, the winter, in the winter sports. And if you follow Monmouth Athletics, and you do because you're listening to this podcast, you know the growth that all of the athletics programs have made in Monmouth's nine years in the MAC and in Monmouth's time in the Big South for the football program and what the field hockey team was able to do in the America East. So you know that... The, the coaches in the building, which we talk about with uh, with President Leahy, um, you know, it's a really, really good and talented group that works really hard. And we yeah, know we have great coaches. It's the group that should lead Monmouth into the CAA. But but I'm with you. A lot of the research, when you look at it, you know, they, they set a record in football back in 2018. Six teams got bids to the FCS playoffs. I know and we were salty because we were ones that we I know, were one we of the teams that didn't. In. And I sat there scoreboard watching that first weekend. And I think, you know, three or four of the teams lost. And I said, wow, we should have been in over them. But now we're in that now we're in that company. But that's a reason why. We spoke with Joe D'Antonio today, the commissioner of the conference. Excellent. He made a, just a, a gentleman, just a and really insightful conversation. If you missed any of today's coverage, ESPN Plus has it on the replay function. Obviously, it's all over all of our social channels. But but he made a great point this year, and not to be f- too football-centric, but they only got two teams in last year, and the reason was there were so many competitive teams going into that last Saturday. Mm-hmm. They could have got four or five teams in, but because... Teams results, that were three yeah. and five beat five and three or whatever. Well, that's why they only got two because mm-hmm. the league at top to bottom is so incredibly strong. They've had five different men's basketball champions in the last five years. Incredible balance. They get at large bids. Women's basketballs had 36 postseason wins in eight years. Uh, they, the, the lacrosse league is phenomenal. Soccer, you know, it, yeah, it really... Hofstra is a top 10 team, I think, in men's soccer. Uh, and women's soccer, they're unbelievable. So it, it's a great move. We go into detail with President Leahy about it. A great conversation. And, and Greg, there's just so much coverage from the ESPN Plus show we did to your team and everything with social. What a what a media blitz it's been with this big announcement. Yeah, I got to just shout out that, that group. They were awesome. 
the the external affairs group was awesome today and uh there were some people across campus that helped us out that did an awesome job tara peters and amanda klaus and and um Emily Miller Gonzalez from the other side. They they really helped us out with some stuff, but the, but the real stars of the show were uh, the people that work alongside you and I and Gary Kowal, Mark Mormon, Ben Medland, and Andrew Kurtz. I mean, I, I can guarantee you this: what we put out on ESPN today, that ninety minute show, has got to be one of the best conference announcements that's ever been put on. And, and that was you and Matt Harmon interviewing people. Our coaches were accessible. You know, Commissioner D'Antonio was commis- uh, accessible. Obviously, Jeff Stapleton and the president who gave his entire day today. I don't think people realize how busy a president is. For him to give his whole day up to us is just out of this world. And we ended his day with a great conversation on Hawk Talk, a great conversation with Mammoth President Dr. Patrick F. Leahy that you'll hear right now. Well, big news around the Monmouth University landscape. If you've been paying any attention, you see it's it's all about moving forward, upward and onward at the university. And with the landmark news of Monmouth's move to the Colonial Athletic Association, we thought it very appropriate to welcome in our guest today. Uh, one of the main reasons why this is indeed happening in Monmouth, President Dr. Patrick Leahy is our guest on Hawk Talk. And, and President Leahy, before any question, before anything else, this is such a busy time and busy day. Thank you so much for joining us. It's such a pleasure. I mean, this is a great day uh, at Monmouth University, no question. Great day for our athletics dep- uh, department. But to be candid with you guys, it is a great day for me personally. It's one of the great professional um, sort of moments uh, in my career so far. So uh, it's a delight for me to be here. I feel like we've really monopolized his time. You don't ever get the time of the university president. And now we have like dominated his day just about. So we really, really appreciate um, him spending the time to jump on Hawk Talk with us and talk about the huge news. Well, I can't, I wouldn't want to be your inbox, your email inbox, by the way, because you've been with us all day. So, and I know the business, as you said to us when you walked in, the business of the university continues, even though we have all of this going on. So we really do appreciate the time. One of the great things about being the president of a university, I always say this, is the variety of activity that happens on a on a college campus and uh athletics is such an important part of that but it's just a part of it there's a lot of other cool stuff going on at monmouth right now and uh so i had to take a little bit of time to tend to those things but i'm glad to be back with you to talk about the biggest news of the day and i think the important part in and you referenced it in your remarks today at mcneil arena in the ocean first bank center this isn't an athletics move this is a university move and i think that is the the real theme that I think we want people to realize, yes, Mamet's teams are playing in a different conference now, but the move to the Colonial Athletic Association is a game changer for the university as a whole. I mean, yes, of course it, it advances our athletics program in very material ways. To be able to bring all those sports together, 23 of our 24 under one roof, um, to be able to bring football in particular into our core conference, it's a great thing for athletics. And I'm, as you both know, I'm a huge fan of intercollegiate athletics. But more important than that, it is the way it allows us to extend our brand, which consequently will extend our recruiting territory, not for student athletes alone, but for students in general. And here in the state of New Jersey, we've been talking for years that, you know, the the number of traditional college age 
students who are graduating from high school and matriculating to college is decreasing here in the state of New Jersey. So it's incumbent upon us to find other markets, increasingly uh, you know, widespread, other markets from which we can recruit students. And we've already identified New England, and we've already, of course, identified southeastern Pennsylvania and Maryland and Long Island as places where we can increasingly recruit students. Now we can lay our athletics program right on top of that expanded recruiting territory. And uh, that makes a ton of sense strategically for the university. And then, you know, we always in the pursuit of students want to recruit, you know, well-prepared, college-ready students. And the way to do that is to associate, uh, you know, increasingly with really fine institutions so that um, we might be thought of like them. This is yet another opportunity to burnish that academic reputation as well. So you're right, Eddie, it's way beyond athletics um, and serves a strategic purpose for the university. I thought one of the really interesting things that we talked about over the last couple of weeks was the support from the board of trustees. You know, everybody was on board, you know, to use a pun. Um, normally you have at any anything, you have some athletic supporters, some are very high academic people, some whatever. They all have interests that tie them in. But, but when I asked Jeff, and, and you had pointed out that it was a unanimous yes, and that that's athletic supporters, maybe people who haven't gone to a game in the entire time they've been on the board. But you see the value of what joining the Colonial Athletic Association does for Monmouth University, not Monmouth Athletics. Does a, it's a huge jump for Monmouth Athletics, but it also does. So what were those first kind of conversations with, with the board like? Did, did you get any kind of pushback or were people just information fact-finding and then jumping in? Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing, of course, because this was supposed to be held in such strict <laughs> confidence worst kept secret in america <laughs> you know i didn't feel the neither jeff nor i felt the the luxury to talk openly with the board about it so we needed to to uh i i, I had sensed that the board was going to be enthusiastic about it when it started showing up a little bit in the press i started getting questions so that was my opportunity to tease out am i going to get the support that i need from the board on this became pretty comfortable that you know some majority of the board was going to be behind this. I didn't know mm -hmm. if we'd get everybody, but majority of the board. When we formally went to them to uh, take it through the governance process, our board did their job. They asked tough questions. They wanted to understand what this uh, meant for us from a recruiting standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, from a budget standpoint, from a broadcasting standpoint. I mean, they asked the questions that you'd want out of your board. Fortunately, we had very good answers for them. And when the vote came, it was unanimous. No, no abstentions <laughs> and no votes against it. I think everybody saw the, uh, the value of this move. And that bears out in a conversation I had with one of the media members after today's program, who I don't even know. And they came up to me said, hey, you know, it's nice. To, welcome to the league. It's going to be a pleasure. But they noticed everyone being in lockstep, whether it's Dr. Leahy, Jeff Stapleton, all of the coaches that speak. And I think that 
right? It's no different than a well-run team, company, institution. It seems like the mission here is one mission for all of us from whether it's a coach, a student athlete, an administrator, faculty member, uh, President Leahy. I think that bears out to people that didn't know us maybe before today, and now they're starting to get educated to who and what Mammoth is. Yeah, and I hope that, again, this is an opportunity for us to tell our story a, a lot more widely. I said during the press conference earlier that um, there are a lot of people who still don't know or fully appreciate who we are. And uh, when I say people, I mean people in general, but students, prospective students. And without fail, when someone comes to the campus and checks us out and sees our facilities and sees our program mix and meets the people, most importantly, I often get how come I don't know about this place? You know, most recently, a friend of mine, uh, I'll tell you a quick story, if I may. A friend of mine, I got a call from my, um, one of my assistants. She said, uh, Pat Cook is here to see you. And I'm thinking, I don't know a Pat Cook. And she said, says he went to high school with you back in Baltimore. I said, that Pat Cook? Oh, my gosh, I haven't seen that Pat Cook since we graduated from high school, what's that, you know, 30-some years ago. <laughs> A few years ago. And uh, he reached out to me. I, I ended up talking with him on the phone. And he and his daughter, who goes to a really, really fine, uh, you know, preparatory high school, down in, a private high school down in Baltimore, they were on their way to New England to check out colleges. And someone said, you ought to swing by Monmouth. It's sort of on the way. She came to Monmouth, and she was like, how come people down in Maryland don't know more about Monmouth? Right. This place is amazing. So you, you get enough of those anecdotes, and you, and you start thinking, we got to find a way to shine a spotlight on this place because we're doing some really remarkable things here. One of the ways you do that is invest in your athletics program so that we can bring that additional awareness to the university. To attract students in general, not just student athletes, and so you know we have such a we have such a great asset here. And sometimes people say to me, "It's a hidden gem," and I just said, "You know what? Enough is enough. I don't want to hear it anymore. It is time to take the lid off this place and make sure that we, you know, secure our spot as one of the really fine private institutions." on the Eastern seaboard and athletics is one way we can do that. Our, our coaches say it all the time. If I can get a kid to get on campus, I have a really good shot of getting them to commit. Just got to get them on campus because our, our campus is perfectly manicured. It's three quarters of a mile from the beach. You know, there's constantly constant improvements going on. And that's one of the, one of the biggest thing. And this is just another step in that direction but i have colleagues i've been doing this for 20 something years and there are people who have stayed at their jobs for one reason or another for a really long time and people have said to me like hey i know you're from jersey but like why mom you know why'd you stay at mom i said because there there's not a time that we aren't doing something to better this university and whether it's the football stadium whether it's the Parton Broadcasting Center, whether it's something with the UCI, whether it's, there's always, there's always a move and we just got to get that word out there. So I, I totally understand that. And I know you're, you're a huge part of, you know, moving those things along and making sure that we're not stagnant and we're not just kind of staying. 
Well, one of one of the uh, key parts of our strategic plan that we just uh, launched in July of this past year, five year strategic plan. You you all hopefully noticed that we said, how do we use intercollegiate athletics to burnish the reputation and grow the exposure of Monmouth University? That's embedded right in there. I'm not sure I envisioned this opportunity when we <laughs> embedded that in the strategic plan, but uh, that this is the best way that we can use athletics to burnish the university. Well, I was going to say, now that strategic plan surely looks prophetic because you put it out there, you kind of manifest it through the plan, and then there you go. The invitation to the Colonial Athletic Association came. And a point that you brought up earlier... I, I just want to revisit again, and I think it's an interesting one. And we discussed, you and I, this on our ESPN Plus broadcast today. I, I really, after thinking about it, your, your first three years at Monmouth have come do during some of the most challenging times that a university president at, at any point in their tenure would face. Well, you get it in your first three years at Monmouth, and it, it just seems to be a remarkable way that the universities continue to move forward and add great things and opportunities and this being the latest one so as you i don't want you to look too far back personally but you mentioned it this is a big moment for you personally as a university president and i just want you to maybe expound on that a little bit because you've had such a great track record of success to this point and now you add this with that strategic plan to everything hopefully you take some time to to feel great about that well it's not my nature, I guess, to, to uh, sit idly by. I think we have had so many things that, that we can continue to do here at Monmouth, and they're all built right into that strategic plan. So, you know, I started in the summer of 2019, and as you point out, Eddie, just six months later, we get to the pandemic. The real challenge for me, and I think it is true of everyone, you know, every, you know, head of an organization during this period is how do you at once deal with unprecedented operational challenges day in and day out, make the right decisions, keep people safe, try to keep the campus community together as much as possible. And at the same time, keep pushing <laughs> on things that develop and continue to uh, enhance the university for the long run, because our hope is of course, that there is a point at which the pandemic is going to be behind us. We don't want to have lost too much time. So it's how do you allocate time, energy, resources to that dual purpose, dealing with an, an unprecedented operational uh, situation, but also making sure that we can continue to advance as a university. We started that process by going through the strategic planning process nonetheless. And now that we're starting to do things that show up in that plan, like the Parton Broadcasting Center and the, the way we've re-envisioned the, the, the Great Hall and we built out the occupational therapy space for that, our third doctoral program. Now, at the same time, we've gotten approval for our fourth doctoral program. You know, we have made uh, progress at the same time we're managing the Well, and by pandemic. the way... I asked President Leahy about his about a personal question, Spot and he brings it back. it back to the team. Right, that's a coach. That's, that's a what a coach and a leader does. They bring it back to the overall team. That was well done. Well, well I'll tell you a quick, just quick thing. <laughs> um, I I said this uh, before. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of athletics in general, football in particular. I love Kevin Callahan, and um, you know they they had a tough game 
down at Kennesaw State this year. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. The next day, I called Coach Callahan just to tell him, you know what, I, I got it. We're behind you. We support you. How are the student-athletes doing? How's the coaching staff doing? He, he picked up the phone right away, and he said, uh, I want to apologize for the way in which Monmouth, you know, acquitted itself down in Georgia. We didn't play our game. And then he said, I get, we, our players got out played, and our coaches got out coached. And I said, stop right there. I hope that every time you want to mention those two things, you will also throw in there, and maybe our administration got out-administrated <laughs> because we're all in this together. And I don't know, maybe there are decisions that the, the athletics administration and the senior administration you know, decisions we made that didn't give them the best opportunity to succeed, the coaching staff, and then the coaching staff to the students. So I said, I hope you always think of this as a, we're, in, we're in this together. And um, I appreciated him saying it. He didn't need to say that because I wasn't calling him to, to <laughs> what happened? chastise him or whatever. <laughs> it, was, it was simply to make sure he knew of our support. So that, that, that's a a way I think of it, Eddie, look, we are all in this together, and, and it starts with are we giving our athletics programs the chance to succeed, and then the coaching staff and the athletics administration does its part to put the student athletes in the best position to succeed. Well, we, we win together, we lose together, right? And I think we get beyond one of the – I was on that flight home. Yeah, it, as was it, I. It was, um, <laughs> it was evident that everybody felt that one together, and then – it's a great part about sports and team sports in particular, right? So you mentioned the the, the um, strategic plan, and when I was putting together some of the materials for these last two weeks that I've spent time on, one of the things that really like clicked with me was that the CAA's the CAA vision is supported by five commitments, and as I, I'm reading through them and trying to figure out ways to kind of parallel Monmouth, they're almost like lockstep with our strategic plan. And one of them is inclusive excellence. And I know one of the things that you're very high on and we are all are, are all high on here at Monmouth is, you know, first to fly program and, and making sure that we're, you know, DEI initiatives are, are at the top of our list. And that kind of jumped off the page at me is like, okay, th these universities and some of them are big. I mean, I went to Towson, it's a big university, you know, Delaware is a big university. They have the same kind of commitments to those things that we're we have, and we're trying to get better all the time. Can you can you expand on that a little bit? I, I showed the the board uh, the vision statement at the CAA, and then those five commitments that support that vision statement. And I said to them exactly that, Greg. I said, you know, if we were to develop five commitments that support our vision for athletics here at Monmouth, we'd come up with the same five or pretty close to the same five. That inclusive excellence did did strike me as particularly pertinent because, you know, in our strategic plan, we ambition to integrate excellence and access like no other school in our category in the country. I mean, that that's pretty bold statement. Um, a lot of the institutions in the CAA already demonstrate that integration of excellence and access, you know, high rankings on the one hand and you know, a, a large number of their students on Pell Grants. That's the mm -hmm. simple way to sort of measure excellence. Or quantify. High ranking and access Pell, Pell numbers. Um, uh, so I, we, we really felt comfortable in that. Now, some of these institutions are a lot larger 
than Monmouth. Um, no question about that. But I do think that it seems like there's a shared commitment uh, as evidence in those five commitments that support their vision statement that is very consistent with our own thinking here. It seems like a lot of the, and you brought it up in your remarks today and to the point that Greg just brought up, the, these other institutions that Monmouth knows as kind of a, a non-conference colleague, you know, on the sports side and on the academic side as, as kind of friends that now they'll become partners with. As you kind of rattled through them today, it became pretty evident just really how similar a lot of them are, like how you just mentioned with their core values and how they're aligned. But now I want to take you back a little bit. You know, the, the process that you spoke of, this this five-month-long process, in those conversations with, because I believe there was other presidents mentioned today as well, in addition to the commissioner, in those conversations with the presidents, how, how kind of early did you see it? Like, you know what, this is a fit, not just for what we want to be and what we are, but just culturally, we belong with this group of institutions. I mean, I, I've worked in the industry, you know, almost my entire career, I feel like I'm a student of higher education. I mean, I study other institutions. I read or at least flip through every president's report that comes from other institutions and a lot of times their magazines because I'm, I'm on the lookout for ideas. You know, what, what, who's doing it well? How can we, uh, what can we learn from them? So I knew those institutions very well. In fact... Uh, when I did my doctoral uh, uh, degree at the University of Pennsylvania, my, the subject of my dissertation was Drexel University. <laughs> yeah, I bet you didn't know that. I did not know that. <laughs> that is a full circle <laughs> so, coming to fruition. So, uh, you know, I, I studied them, and they're, again, they're a lot larger than we are at this point, but uh, very, very consistent in terms of their, uh, you know, the mix of undergraduate education and graduate education. Uh, an abiding, deep abiding commitment to undergraduate uh, education. Um, most of those institutions are doctoral universities. You know, the way they classify institutions in our industry, they're mostly doctoral universities, and so they're recognized as national universities. Uh, we aren't right now, but as you may have heard me say, the next time that classification system, the Carnegie classification, is updated, we will, in fact, jump to doctoral university status, and then we're going to go on the list of national universities. So even though we'll be smaller than some of those institutions, we will be classified the very same way. And I think that's, again, further evidence of our evolution as an institution. So um, it's a great home for us. I, I just, uh, I think it is, and I, I didn't need to be convinced of it. I saw it myself, but I also know that a lot of people around here, uh, has, as happy as we have been in our current conferences and the quality of the people involved in those conferences and the institutions, I think a lot of other people around here uh, thought that the CAA would be the dream conference at some point for us. And that was one of the things that we had kind of talked about in the athletic department was Everybody looked at it from the surface and said, "Well, yeah, it's a it's a home it's a slam dunk, it's a home run, it's a touchdown for football, right?" The CAA is, I think, the number two ranked league behind the MVC for football, and hopefully, we can help them bump that over into number one. Um, but when you really kind of peel back the onion, this is uh, this is a move for every sport, and, and obviously, we've talked about the academics and the rankings, but 
back to the athletic side of it, it really is a step up for every single sport. And and we all know that you are a student. You, if anybody follows you on Twitter, which we need to do, we have to plug. I said that we would plug this multiple times. We got to get our guy, <laughs> President Leahy, some followers. Let's punch those numbers up. Come Let's on. get him some followers. It's twofold followers, but Twitter. Give him a blue check mark. We can work on that. We've got we to can work verify on that. the what president. Is, does that verify me yes. as legitimate? We are yes. going to okay. work. Okay. We're going to work on that. We'll I'm, be gonna, right. I'm adding it right to my to-do list right now. I, I got football. I got football verified. I think I might be able to get him verified. Well, let's start with the followers. At Patrick F. Leahy right now on Twitter. If you're listening and you don't follow the president. And you're not driving. And you're not driving because a lot of people do listen while they drive. It's at Patrick F. Leahy on Twitter. So. Um, going back with anybody who follows you on Twitter knows that you are a, a, a student of the mammoth game when it comes to who we play and those victories, how closely were you watching those CAA matches, uh, this, this fall and spring because, uh, field hockey, I believe got a win over a CAA school. Men's soccer got a win over CAA school. Women's soccer got a win over CAA school. Basketball got wins over CAA. So how closely were you watching that? Uh, closely. So I, I remember I, I, the, the uh, women's soccer uh, win, I think, was over Delaware. Of course, we talked a little bit earlier about my uh, trip down to my hometown of Towson. Uh, everyone thought it was so that I could go visit family and have a crab cake. But no, it was to go to check out Towson <laughs> and, uh, and have a chance to meet uh, their president, who seems like a, you know, a really dynamic leader uh, in her own right. And... Uh, and check out their facilities. It's been a long time since I've been to the old Towson State. Correct? I was there, the Towson Center. Yeah, uh, now it's Towson University, and um, their facilities are amazing. And uh, so I, and of course, I was at the Hofstra game here, mm-hmm. uh, men's basketball as well. And so I watched them very closely because my hope is um, we step into a new conference and we're competitive right away. I, I don't want to overstate, you know, it's going to be a step up from us. It's going to be harder. You know, every single game is going to be tough uh, now. In fact, I think Kevin Callahan said it's like no weeks off in the CAA in football. Oh, my goodness, it's going to be a real challenge. So I don't want to overstate mm-hmm. the challenge, but it's comforting to me to know that we can walk in and be competitive right off the bat. And I think that those non-conference games are evidence of that. I think King, you, you had already left the press conference to go do some other uh, obligations, but uh, Coach Rice got up there and someone asked him that question. Like, you know, you, you played against Hofstra really close. You beat Towson. Uh, you beat somebody. Do we play another CAA team in men's hoops? Anyway, um, and they said, well, you feel like you're ready to compete? And he said, I do. But it's one thing to go in there and beat a, beat a team one off that might be as bigger bigger than you, maybe have a little bit more talent than you. Not saying that we, they do, but he said. But when you have to do that game after game after game after game, that's a different level, and that's what makes that next level. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I have all the all the confidence in the coaches in this hallway. I think we have excellent coaches, and we've we have the MAC has allowed us to ready ourselves to make that next step, and I think that. I agree with you. I think that we can compete in every sport we have here. I really do think we have an outstanding group of coaches leading these 24 teams. Well, and I want to go there because President Leahy, you know, and to Greg's point, the growth that Monmouth has seen over these last few years 
is really made possible by the affiliation with the MAC and the institutions in that league and with the Big South as well. And I think one of the key things that I know we talked about on the broadcast today, the this move isn't made possible without the growth that was allowed in those leagues by those respective conferences and those institutions. And I know that all of us here have kind of the, the same feeling about it. They, they were great homes that set Mammoth up now on this next portion of our athletic and university journey. And everyone in every school in the MAC is a, is a first-rate academic institution. Uh, I had the great fortune in my two and a half years here to get to know the other presidents in the MAC. And remember, um, I get introduced to Division One athletics, uh, brand new conference, ten other presidents, and the first thing we're asked to do is work together to navigate a global pandemic. <laughs> and I've always said, you know, first-rate colleagues, all of them, uh, very professional, very supportive, totally focused on student-athletes first, their well-being first and foremost. Had to make some tough decisions, you know, going back a year, mm-hmm. canceling seasons and, you know, the the different protocols that we needed to put in place to allow for for seasons to, to go. Um they're great colleagues. Um, I'm so appreciative of the, the way what they've taught me about, you know, collegiate athletics. Uh, I will miss them a great deal. Was that was it a big jump for you to come from Wilkes Division three? And, and it's different. It is Division three, and you had had stops at Division one places, but and this doesn't necessarily have to do with the CA. But we don't, you know, we only get this opportunity once. Um, was that a big jump a mindset of, of how things are different from a D three to a D one level? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, um, the good news is at Wilkes, uh, we had the full suite of teams. I mean, we added when I was there, seven oh, different wow. teams. Um, and we sponsored football. So, you know, we had a full complement of athletics programs. We were very committed at that institution to athletics but it is a little bit different model. And then you take the next step up, which is Division One, you know, at, at the, the strong sort of mid-major level of Division One, mm-hmm. That's definitely a step up. Uh, but, but I think because I had that experience uh, at, at Wilkes, it made it a, a lot more manageable for me to make that move. You know, some, some of the presidents have, uh, you know, new presidents have other experiences that make them equipped to be good presidents. And for a lot of them, maybe athletics is none of their experience. Mm -hmm. So for them to make a transition to having to lead an institution in a division one environment, I have to believe was a lot more significant than the transition that I made coming from, you know, having already been a president, but at a division three institution with a abiding commitment to athletics to, to this job. So uh, I still had a lot to learn, but but it was a lot more manageable, I think, than some other cases. A very good friend of Eddie's and mine, Matt Reitenauer, was a Division three. was a tight end. I think he played tight end at Wilkes. And when we were talking, oh, he's my age, so was not there was no crossover there. But when we were talking about new presidents and everything, and I said, yeah, we got this guy from Wilkes. I, said, I hear he's a real athletics guy. He goes, whoa. He goes, I still get all the stuff in the mail. He's like, yep. he's... Yep. 
he's expanded facilities. He's so that right off the bat, and, and I trust him. You know, he's you know he's been. I, I was invited to his wedding. He, he was invited to my wedding. I trust his word. So when he said, he goes, no, th- th- you know, this Pat Leahy's a, a good dude. He's coming in. Um, nice I, I felt good about it. I really did. I, I told everybody in the office, I said, hey, Ryan Hour says that he's done great things at Wilkes, so I'm, we're expecting great things here. Yeah, and what was amazing was he had viewed it from a distance. I think that's what really caught Greg and I. Like, yes, we trust Matt's opinion, but it's more so he was living up in Buffalo. He was doing it all based on correspondence and, and emails. And uh, that endorsement, obviously before we all had the chance to meet you, was – it only put a smile on our face. Oh, good. Well, I, I owe him. Uh, <laughs> he'll be here in a couple days. Yeah, he'll, be, yeah. he'll be here on Friday night. He works at Canisius. We'll make sure that you have a chance to meet him. I would Definitely. like that. Yeah. I very yes. much would like that. We'll, we'll bring him over. He's a great guy, a good friend of, of ours. And um, like I said, he's a Wilkes alum, and he was getting the correspondence, and he gave you the, the double thumbs up from sure. uh, well, that's nice. from Buffalo, New York. Yeah, that's great. You know, on two people who had no say in anything. <laughs> yeah. We said, thanks. We're going to, you know. Yeah, great. Great. <laughs> We talked a few times today, and, and I think something that was some, uh, one of the points we wanted to make, specifically to people who I think today and the last couple of days is a great introduction of Monmouth University to a whole new group. That was kind of how we let off our conversation, right? Taking the hidden gem and, and unhiding it, right? And, and bringing it into the light. And one of the keys that we wanted to talk about today was, yes, it's important for Monmouth fans to know what the Colonial Athletic Association stands for athletically and academically. But now I, I kind of want to put the question to you, Dr. Leahy. The CAA is getting, it's a two-way street, and they're getting a really good university and a, an excellent university that I'm proud to call myself a graduate of. And they're getting a first-rate athletics program. So if you were to sit across from someone who's a CAA, look, let's say it's someone down in Maryland, right? One of your uh, colleagues at Towson. And they say, well, what are we getting in this Monmouth University? What would be the those first things that you would educate the CAA fan to, hey, we're happy to be here, but we're coming for it? Yeah, I would start with uh, look at the um, academic progression of this institution over the last 20 years. I mean, I don't know the exact numbers here, but I think dating back 20 years ago, we weren't even ranked in the U.S. News and World Report ranking, which we could have another podcast and talk about whether the rankings are the suitable way to measure quality. And there's a lot of discussion we could have around that. But the bottom line is that's the generally accepted way to measure quality. 20 years ago, we weren't ranked 10 years ago. I think we were ranked 65th in our region this year. You all know we've achieved our highest ranking 18th in our region And then, as I mentioned, in a few years, we're going to scramble that by jumping to the national category. We'll probably be in, you know, in the top 200, you know, but when you're on a list of the the best schools in the the country, you know, being down the list is no shame in that, you know. So first, I would say, look at the trajectory this, this place is on from an academic standpoint, number one. Number two, I'd say it's pretty clear their commitment to athletics. We sponsor 24 sports, which is going to be the highest number in in the Colonial. Uh, look at their facilities. You know, we, we probably have the best uh, basketball arena um, around. We have a really first-rate football stadium. We have a great, you know, third, you know, second field in the Hess field. So there's a clearly a commitment to the facilities. So... They uh, and it's shown up in you know nationally competitiveness, 
competitiveness in those sports. So I would look at that if I were considering Monmouth from the outside, say institution that is clearly of our academic ilk and getting better, clearly a commitment to athletics. That's fantastic. And then if this were located in Iowa, it might not be a good fit, but it is right in central New Jersey, right geographically located, right smack in the middle of their sort of mix of schools. I would have made that argument, which I did, incidentally. <laughs> I would have made that, that argument that uh, this is, this is the, we're the kind of institution that you should give some con- uh, serious consideration. Uh, just from the, the academic prowess, I have, I grew up in this area and I obviously left and then came back. But uh, I have friends of mine who went to school here. I'm 43, so in the late 90s, early 2000s, and, and they're the first ones to admit I, I couldn't get into school there now. They're like, there's no way I can get into school. I was going to make like that earlier about myself, but Ser- I didn't want to go there. Seriously, but that's a measure. I mean, one of the things we tout is that this is the, our best class. This freshman class this year, academically, is the best class that the school's ever had. That's a legit measuring stick. Yep. Yeah. Highest GPA, right? Yeah, that's that's a good example of you know what I said earlier. That tension between trying to manage, you know, the, the operation on a daily basis through a pandemic and still yearning for <laughs> continuous improvement. The fact that we were able to enroll the best first-year class that we've ever enrolled. It wasn't the largest, okay? There were larger classes, but a really good size still at 954. The best academically prepared class is measured by GPA, as you mentioned, Greg. The widest geographic diversity. So this idea that we have to reduce our reliance on New Jersey and recruit more widely we're already headed in that direction. Mm-hmm. The second most diverse class in terms of uh, ethnic and racial diversity that we've ever had. You put all that together, I argue it's the best class we've ever enrolled. And uh, to do it in the middle of a pandemic where most of the activity was virtual is quite an achievement. And it's an achievement that is shared by, as we said earlier, it's the theme kind of of our conversation. It's shared by so many different areas of campus, right? And I think that's the key, and it's no more evident. And like Greg said, if you follow the president on Twitter, you can see you give our colleagues the shout-outs that come on your open calls because it's not – those are more popular than ever, and we've been doing them for a couple of years now. But there's so many stakeholders, if you will, here on campus, whether it's faculty, whether it's staff, administration. We all deal with students, and we all, I think, have the idea – I mean, even today, our broadcast, there was, you know, six students. Students that were kind of doing all of the roles and then in the Parton Broadcast Center. I think that's what makes it truly unique. And I think those the, the, those stats that you put out there, I think the, the, the listener now can only gain a better appreciation for, you know what, that school I went to, if I'm an alum, it is a great place to be proud of. And it's only getting better, evidenced by all of the numbers you gave, the league switch at the most trying time to do that. And I think that's what makes it all the more remarkable that we can have those changes while other institutions are maybe trying to do other things. Keep the lights on. It's constantly moving forward. It's constantly. Oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Pay the bills. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't want to suggest that we're, we're uh, without our challenges. I mean, right. all, all of American higher ed is going through some, some challenges now, some changes. And uh, I just think that in, in that, um, you know, in that changing industry, there 
are opportunities. And as I've said before, there will be winners and there will be losers when this all finally plays out. The pandemics run its course, the changing demographics has run its course, the increasing costs of education has run its course, whether government's gonna continue to support you know, student uh, you know, uh, tuition has run its course. All those things, when those things run their course, there will be winners and losers. And of course, I ambition for Monmouth to be one of the winners in that and uh, um, strengthen our long-term, you know, proposition rather than weaken it. Although, you know, in the short term, you know, we're, we're seeing fewer students, it's more competitive, it costs more to enroll students, you know. So again, I don't want to suggest we're not without our challenges, but um, I wouldn't trade what we have here for almost anyone uh, across the country. Well, and we're, we're, we're getting to the end of our time here. So we, we always have our fun question at the end. We're going to ask you, but first what is, um, <laughs> it's easy. We have a couple different ones and none of them are, are brain busters, but what, what is one, uh, what's one CA school that, that you're really looking forward to us going and competing against? Do you have one, maybe pick one football and one in everything else? Oh, there's so many. Um, you know, I can't wait to play Delaware on a regular basis because we cross applications a lot. Our, you know, our applicants cross apps with Delaware a lot. So I think a lot of our students see, you know, Monmouth as a good alternative to Delaware. And, and we lose a lot of students to Delaware, too. It's such a fine, fine institution. So love the idea that we can regularly compete across all of our sports with Delaware, number one. In football, there's so many, but uh, of course I cannot wait until we uh, line up against Villanova. Um, I'm not sure Coach Cal is going to have this. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Well, we haven't seen Villanova since Monmouth beat them. 2011. Them 2011. 2011, 1-0 so, against I mean, the Wildcats. Uh, Father Donahue, who's the incredible president of Villanova, is a friend of mine, and uh, uh, he was one of the people I – Called incidentally along this process and said, "Please think of us when this <laughs> conversation comes up." And uh, he's done such a remarkable job there. And uh, I just think, you know, it's a long time. Let's let's be honest. It's a long time before, you know, people we can think of ourselves as you know having the financial strength of Villanova, the national reputation of Villanova, the selectivity of Villanova. But that's the track that we want to be on. And uh, to be able now to uh, accelerate our ability to play them on a regular basis and think of ourselves as a comparable kind of institution, I think will allow us to uh, advance along that pathway uh, a little bit more quickly. Again, hear me out. I'm not saying we're Villanova now. No. I'm saying that we are on a path toward, or on a pathway toward that kind of excellence. And incidentally, I think, I mean, you can Drexel too, but those are our two closest CAA compatriots. Yeah. I Delaware, think. Delaware, Drexel slash Villanova. Well, the other, the other thing real quickly that's amazing is, you, you know, you'd be amazed and I don't understand it. We got to get our hands around this. Why don't more people, even in greater Philadelphia, know what we offer here at Monmouth? Hour and 15 minutes away? They don't. The they just don't. We know that from our own you know, market testing, you know, perception testing. 
to be able to go in there and play Villanova, play Drexel on a regular basis, play Delaware, you know, which is sort of a greater, you know, Philadelphia market, to play them on a regular basis is really going to help our ability to get our to get the, the word out about who we are and what we offer. And so I really look forward to those opportunities. Yeah, and in educating those in Philadelphia, you know, when they think of the Jersey Shore, they go due east, you know, and they go right to yeah, kind of the, the southern or, shore. Yeah. But but I think while we're crest, isn't that a big uh... every Stone Harbor? You know, you can mm-hmm. throw all of them out there. However. Uh, it'll, it, that'll be a, a, a nice education for it where they kind of start, you know, it's not just east. You have to go do northeast just a little bit and then open this area to all of that. Because going even back to when I was a student, we're that dividing line between New York and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is look at the, I mean, this is going back a long time, but the posters in the dorms, you had half New York sports, half Philadelphia sports. It's literally what yeah. it was. Yeah. So I, I think, well, this will be a great representation of what Mammoth is. It's central New Jersey, separating the, the two biggest cities on the East Coast. And it's only gonna, you know, just further this for years and years and building these rivalries. You know, one other, one other, I don't know how frequently we'll get a chance to compete with uh, Elon, but you 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 guys know Elon well, and it's a remarkable success story in higher ed. You know, I told you I was a student of higher ed institutions, and one of the things I look at are it's comparable institutions, like not competitors necessarily. We look at those, of course, and not aspirant schools, we, like I just mentioned Villanova. We look at those, but what are institutions around the country that are most like us? Program mix, size. Uh, their investment in athletics, whether they sponsor football or not, and if so, at what level, a whole range of things. And one of the closest comparable institutions in the entire United States of America is Elon. So to be able to play in conference with Elon, again, I think just reminds people that we're a lot like Elon. You know, in fact, as an institution, we're just like them. Now, to their credit, they have a slightly better reputation than we do at this point, but we're, we're, we're chasing. That's another, I hope that there'll be times from time to time to play, to play them as well. Yeah. And those, those crossover uh, games are going to be fantastic when the schools in the North and the, in the South, however, the, the, you know, things shake out, it's going to be a a great thing to, to watch for us to cover. Um, But like Greg mentioned, we, you have been obviously so busy. Well, really since you, Steps foot at Monmouth and for the last however many years, but now's your time to, to take a bit of a deep breath because we, we need to just kind of ask you some, it's not too off the wall, but I think people need to is, under, is this a speed round? The, the get to know you. No, <laughs> okay, it's, a, okay. it's a get to know you type okay, of great. thing. Right. And through these questions that that's the whole thing. And I think the answers really tell the listener a bit more about who Dr. Patrick Leahy is. So, so the first one that we like to ask folks is let's say you're one of the rare times that you're home on the couch which is so rare. I love this. This is a question I was going to ask. I love it. Oh no, you go because no, it was go. yours. Go, 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 go. And you're just, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon with, with no football on, right. And no mammoth athletics <laughs> events or no commitments and you're flipping around. What are, what is the movie or what are the movies that you every time will stop on and watch? What are those couple for you that are must stop watch movies for Dr. Patrick Leahy? The Shawshank Redemption. Mm. Good one. It's good because it's always on. So it's that's always good. on. And <laughs> I mean, I have a 
I guess I used to have I, I, a DVD of it right there in, in, in the in the cabinet. But every time it came on TV, for some un, inexplicable reason, I would watch it on TV, complete with the commercials and everything. <laughs> right. My favorite film of all time is Shawshank Redemption. Oh, there's a couple others, probably, you know, A Few Good Men. Yes. You've ever seen that? Excellent. I'll, I'll, I'll watch that repeatedly. Uh, Remember the Titans, I'll watch that re- yes. repeatedly. Um, you know, those are those are three that come to mind. What We'll just have one quick follow-up, and we're already going on over 45 minutes, and you probably have a billion things to do. <laughs> Not hang out with Eddie and I on a Wednesday <laughs> afternoon. Uh, last one. What is one hidden talent that, president patrick Leahy has that maybe people don't know do you have one play a musical instrument do you cook nope nope (laughs) (laughs) there's what was stella clark's she was she surprised us with one coach bogus was cooking she was cooking yeah you got to have something that you did i'm embarrassed to say i don't i don't i don't think i do i mean i think i've i said to you guys before that you know my I'm all cons- my life is all consuming around the job that I love and it's an all consuming job if you really get into it and the fact that the family that I love you know <laughs> my unbelievable wife and my four kids you put the two of those together I'm sorry it's crowding out a lot of you <laughs> no know, time hobbies, for hobbies hidden talents fair enough <laughs> you know what I mean so uh um, you know, I've, I've said to people that, you know, they ask me, do you have a hobby? And I always say, I have one hobby. I love to play golf. Mm. And then it dawns on me like, wait a minute to state publicly that you have a hobby. You have to do that <laughs> a few, t- you know, a certain amount of time in a given <laughs> right. year. Right. I mean, sure. You can't say like, I love to run. Oh, really? How often do you run? Ah, twice a year. <laughs> right. you know, right. It doesn't work. But, but now I say, I love to play golf. I think I played five times in 2021, so um, I can't even use that as a hobby. <laughs> so I'm a pretty boring guy, I'm afraid, Greg. No, at running a university <laughs> is, is, there's no shame in that. Well, and then to, to follow up to that, our last podcast guest, Mammoth swimmer Callan Smith from Australia, uh, had a great conversation with Callan. He dropped a bomb him. on yeah. us. Yeah. And he's a great young yeah. man. Yeah. Dropped a bomb on us that there are no Reese's candies in Australia. They keep their chocolate and peanut butter separate, which leads to this question. What's President Lay's favorite candy? Is that right? Did you set me up? No. I don't know because I don't know the answer. Yeah, because the Reese's peanut butter that's cup. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Listen. The Reese's peanut butter cup. Come on. The, the, the There's interview no with Callan. I just lost a ton of respect, I'm afraid, for <laughs> Australia that they keep their peanut butter and their chocolate. I Greg, Greg and I were together. floored. I asked him point blank. If I walked into a store, you're telling me I could not buy a Reese's product. And he was like, no. You can't. That's amazing. I was shocked. Yeah, we picked our jaws up off the floor yeah. and then continued the interview. Well, that's good enough. I mean, yeah. we, we, you know. Getting us to the CAA—that's a—that's—that's that's, you don't need a hobby after that. Well, the interesting thing. I, 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 again, I say this about the profession in which I, I live. I told you I have those two things that that uh, are so important to me, and I I just I'm very comfortable if it crowds out other things because there's there's a two things: the the work that I love to do and the family that I love. In fact, a mentor of mine said, you know, you can do two things really well, but sometimes it's hard to slip that third thing in. 
right? And if that's true, my two things, my work and my family, but the beauty of being a university president is the way in which I can integrate those two. Like you guys know that I don't miss a basketball game with my sons and I can go to the game early. I can go up to the suite. I can, you know, see whom I need to see, thank whom I need to thank. I go peel through the blue and white club, you know, see some people, board members and all. And then I try to get courtside Mm -hmm. with the boys uh, during the game. And it's just such a great privilege to be able to integrate what is some work with, you know, my family. And I love sitting courtside because I want those student athletes and I want those coaches to know that the president is right there. Not, not, not that I'm keeping an eye on them, but that the president is right there supporting them, cheering for them, you know, uh, questioning the, the uh, refs, just <laughs> like everybody else, you know, hopefully in a professional way, but um, sure. I just want them to know uh, of that. I just think it's important rather than staying up. I love the fact that we have the suites. They're fabulous, but I'd rather be in. in Once the game starts, the yeah. there's no place better than the floor of a basketball game. <clears throat> there's none. And you're right by the student section, which has been outstanding the last few games. It yeah. has been. Yeah. They've been yeah, awesome. We need to, we need to keep uh, – Ginning up that excitement as we get a little bit deeper into the season here. Definitely. And, and Monmouth does finish the season in the MAC and then looks forward to the next chapter in the Colonial Athletic Association. And uh, we really appreciate the time. You know, President Leahy, such a busy day, such a busy schedule. Thanks for giving Greg and I even more time than we probably agreed to. So we, we really do appreciate the conversation. I've enjoyed it so much. As I say all the time, you guys do such great work. It is, uh, I think, one of the attractive things about Monmouth to the CAA is the quality of our broadcast, all the ways in which we we put athletic content uh, out for people's enjoyment, and uh, I credit you guys for that. So thank you. Thank you, and hit everybody up one more time with the the Twitter handle. Well, if you missed any of the announcement about the CAA, you can you can go to our accounts, but I recommend you go to on Twitter at Patrick F Leahy. Give the president a follow. Engage with his great content. You know great content. We know because we follow you. So make sure that the president gets a Twitter follow. Definitely. Thank you. My pleasure. We again have to thank Mom and President Dr. Patrick Leahy for joining us. Like Greg said in our open, so rare that you get just so much time with a university president and 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 President Leahy, so gracious with his time today. And really great conversation, taking you inside the inner workings, Greg, of a decision like this in those rooms that we're not in. Yeah, and it's amazing. You know, people probably look at this and just say, oh, well, it's a better league and more exposure. So it's a no-brainer. Get Get in there. You know, get in there, champ. But for a university president, he's got to like weigh a lot of weights and balances and a lot of uh, meetings and going through the provost and the academic people and making sure that, you know, I, I kind of touched on it, but not everybody on the board of trustees is a huge basketball fan at Monmouth or, you know, they come from all walks of life. They have all specialties. They're all very successful people. That's true. Uh, 
so he's got to get them all in line, and, and he did a great job of doing that. And that's a lot of kudos to him and, and Jeff Stapleton. And not only those two, but Commissioner uh, D'Antonio today and all of his time and our coaches, it, it really was, you know, having literally them at our disposal all day for just to, to put out all this content is, is remarkable. Greg and I would be remiss if we didn't shout out our colleagues in the MAC, in the Big South. Nothing but great support from all of them in the higher levels and rooms where the conversations take place, uh, we understand everything. Mom, it's been through this before and sure. not that long ago, but great leagues that allowed Mammoth to grow and develop and flourish into what Mammoth athletics and the university is now, which is a, a school and a department that was attractive enough to be offered entrance into another league. Yeah. And, and I have nothing but fond memories and and there's a lot of friendships in those two leagues and a lot of really good people in those leagues you know i had a great text exchange with mark simpson from the big south i he is one of the consummate professionals i've ever met in this job and mark rab down at gardner webb is just such a great guy and the list goes on and on and you know i know i'm going to still talk to we're still going to talk with people in the mac that we're friendly with and wish those schools and those teams nothing but success and uh, it, you know, it's it's weird. It's like a breakup, but uh, but you know, we'll still see them out at the bar. Well, the only difference we will, and the only difference is now. I don't mean I meant that like figuratively. Right, right. We will see them. We'll play games against them, like you're going to see an ex out at a bar. And the only difference is now, we always rooted for teams in the league when they were playing non-conference games. Sure, you know, because you want your league to do well. So now we can safely say we'll be the biggest fans of those schools in those respective leagues moving forward as Mammoth is on to the Colonial Athletic Association starting July 1st, 2022. If you missed any of the coverage across our social platforms, across everything, you just go mammothhawks.com, at mammothhawks on Twitter, at muhawks on Instagram, and get in the ESPN Plus replay portal right now catch our show great remarks from all the individuals that greg said it was a landmark day on campus here in west long branch greg it was a pleasure to do it right right with you all day thank you eddie i mean it was it was a a team a true team win here today and just really excited to to kind of get the the whole thing going with the caa i mean we got we got a lot of work to do and and, and we got to finish out here in the max strong i mean we got to win our seventh Really, seven and a half commissioners cup. I'm not. There was some. F- there was people acting funny in the COVID year, handing out commissioners cups after like I don't know four sports or something crazy. Yeah, we had a bunch of teams ready to win championships that could. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. So anyway, so I'm calling it seven and a half. We we got to have a strong push here, and of course, we want to get uh, our basketball teams over to hump and into the NCAA's uh, for the first time in a long time. We appreciate you listening to this episode of Hawk Talk. Great day, great coverage, and thank you for listening to this episode with President Patrick Leahy. This has been a production of the Monmouth Digital Network. Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved.